The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the Welcome power. to the Big Footy Review podcast. My name is Rick Neuenhoven and this is proudly brought to you by Port Fan Radio Network and also New Vision. And welcome all the way from the United States. That's where I am. I should put an American accent on. And tonight we've got two um, guests with us. And first is TK, big footy moderator extraordinaire, who um, has uh, come on for the first show for the year. TK, how are you? Good, thank you, Rick. Very, very good. Good to be on the show after a nice win on the weekend and hoping to have a good discussion with you guys tonight. Awesome. Uh, and uh, the other thing is to remember that you are based in Perth as well. I am. I am. So it's always good to get a win over one of the Perth-based teams. I bet. I bet. And our other guest tonight, well, there's three of us, um, is Cameron. How are you, Cameron? Good, thanks, Rick. Uh, yeah, great to be on tonight. And uh, as TK said, look, living in Perth, uh, having women over the WA team, just just basking in it today, mate. It's great. Great. So, uh, Cameron and then TK, what has it been like? What's been the fallout from the, the Frio loss to Port? I'm sure it's been a Frio perspective more than uh, a Port perspective, but has there been any um, any mention of uh, Port Adelaide's team for the year after the win? And uh, and, and what about the uh, fallout for Frio's perspective? Cameron? Um, not, not that I've heard, look, not a lot of talk about Port. Uh, look, over here, it's, it's, you know, they generally like to talk about the Eagles more. But, uh, yeah, really all it's been is uh, just around, you know, where Frio went wrong, uh, the, what, what they've got to do to improve. So uh, there was a lot of that. But a lot of, um, you know, Ross Lyon and that, they, they spoke very well of Port Adelaide. Great. TK, what did you get from the, uh, from the press over there? Yeah, I not a lot about Port, as Cameron said. I I've seen the game over the off season that the the expectations around Frio this year are very very low amongst their supporters and the press. So I don't think anyone was too surprised that they got uh, got a nice little defeat handed to them on the weekend. But most of the focus over here, to be honest, has been on the new stadium. So. Freer probably escape the scrutiny to some extent. Awesome. Now, boys, I know this is a football program, and as I've uh, pointed out, it is. I am in the great uh, US of A at the moment, and uh, firstly and foremost, it's not a football-related topic, but what the hell is going on in the cricket? I've been too busy to even Google it, but is it the absolute shambles that... Um, Everyone is texting me about saying, Rick, have you seen it? Is, this is a disgrace. Um, is it that bad, uh, TK? Look, it's on the scale of cheating. I mean, you're talking about doping uh, in cricket. You've got uh, betting syndicates getting involved, that kind of stuff. On the scale of cheating, it's ball tampering is fairly uh, low down that agenda, I would have thought. But it's just the brazen nature of it where you've got the captain and the vice captain instructing a, a junior player on the team to to bring out a piece of tape onto the field of play it's just 
it's just rank stupidity, and I just don't know how anyone thought that that would be, you know, a good idea. Yeah, Cameron, do you reckon the uh, leadership group should be stood down? Oh yeah, look, it's a national shame. Um, absolutely, yeah. Look, I particularly take—I uh, I sort of take offence to the fact that okay, you've got Smith, uh, Warner involved, and obviously the coach, and they've, they've pretty much gone to. And I mean, all right, not necessarily Croft here. He's, he's not young, but he's sort of the the least inexperienced player, the one probably who's who might be feeling most insecure about his spot, and got him to do it so yeah mate it's uh it's a tragedy so yes i think they've got a lot to answer for yeah well look i um i'm pretty disappointed we've, we've always taken a very high and mighty approach to all this sort of stuff in cricket and it even though it is uh, a bit of a stupid way to do it if you're going to do it you do it right but uh yeah i think heads should roll and i think uh yeah, you know, and as a friend of mine pointed out, our core values for the cricket is integrity. And uh, as a business owner, um, you know, and a bit of cricket is a business, you've got to stick to your core values. So it'll be interesting to see where this plays out. But that's enough for cricket. But I'm sure, um, I'm glad you guys filled me in. I haven't even seen the footage, but I imagine, <laughs> uh, I imagine it's pretty bad from what I've seen and heard. Anyway, all right, let's get on to uh, better things. Um, which is Port Adelaide and a win. Um, but before, just quickly before we do that, we're in the theme of football. Was there was there any AFL game or any takeaways uh, for you, TK, that caught your eye outside of the Port Adelaide win this weekend? Any takeaways? Any other teams? Well, I was just I was shocked at the way that the Western Bulldogs performed. That was. Not what I was expecting from them. Everyone sort of, well, certainly I had assumed that they would sort of bounce back from a disappointing season last year, but they were basically uncompetitive against the Giants in Canberra and they just didn't have that that team work ethic, that, uh, you know, line-breaking run that they had back in 2016 when they won the flag and... I, based on that game, I know the Giants are a strong team, but based on that game, it, it could be a very long year for them. Yeah, the fall from Grace for the Bulldogs has been amazing. And our, our man over there that used to play for us, Jackson Trengove, had a bit of a shocker. But, you know, let's not judge a player on one game. Everyone has poor performances. And uh, I, for one, still hope that Jackson can prove that he's got the form and talent that he does. Uh, Cameron, was there any standout uh, noticeable things from you? Yeah, actually, that was a good one, TK. But uh, look, for me, Buddy Franklin's looking uh, pretty good for this year. Uh, he was strong, yes. So I watched pretty much all of that game. And uh, yeah, just watch out for Buddy Franklin. Uh, West Coast Eagles don't underestimate them for this year. So, uh, And probably one of the really good things was just, just the Crows going down again. That that was good to watch. <laughs> I, I, did, I did squeak... Uh... Some of that in. I um, this is how pathetic I am as a football supporter. I, I actually uh, got the got the Wi-Fi on the plane. I was travelling at the time, and it sort of helped the uh, end of the leg actually because uh, I was listening on Wi-Fi over the uh, Pacific Ocean to uh, uh, the Crows going down to uh, to Essendon, and I was sort of fist pumping in the plane. And I think people didn't realise why what was going on with uh, Rick. Is he uh, having some sort of crazy fit or something? But uh, 
Yeah. There All was right. worth what about it. If, if we move on to uh, the Port Adelaide game, and uh, I did actually see it uh, on uh, Watch AFL Live, thank God. It means I've got two subscriptions because the AFL Live subscription ship because you have to be local. Thanks for that, AFL. Didn't tell me. Um, but we actually won 16-14, 110 to 9 goals, 660. Um, pretty accurate goal scoring for us. Last year it would have been potentially uh, 10 goals, 20 or something crazy. Uh, we had 439 disposals to 358, 23 free kicks to 17. Um, we won the clearances. We won the inside 50s uh, quite significantly and 62 insides, um, inside 50s. Contested possessions, 146. Tackles, we out-tackled them 63 to 44. Uh, generally, all round, a strong performance. Riley Bonner, uh, I see, has won the rising star. Um, Jared Pollock, 29 disposals. Bonner, 31. Darcy Bird-Jones, 10 clearances, 28 uh, disposals. Brad Ebert tagged five out of game, really, um, for 28 disposals. Ollie Wines, 28. There was a raft of uh, high disposal winners. Um, boys, what was your love from the game this week? TK? Very hard to go past the performance of... Todd Marshall, I think it. I was not not a fan of him, but last year I felt when he came into the team, I felt like he was a little bit maybe not ready. He showed some signs, but he also showed a little bit that he might have been just below the the pace required at AFL level. But boy, he came into that game and he just looked. I tell you what. Like he was ready to play 22 games this year. To be honest, I I find it hard to leave him out of my team after that after that performance. Four goals. I mean, he probably got lucky with a few of them, but he was putting himself in the right position. He looked lively. He was leading well. He was marking overhead. It was just a really promising game from a player in what game four was it? And yeah. after. After the year that he had last year on the home front and, um, you know, the terrible family tragedy that that he has had to deal with, I was just wrapped for him that he was able to come out and perform like that in round one. Yeah, that's a good call. And uh, also, Porsche pointed out to me he also has re-signed. I, have, I missed the other re-signature she pointed out. But, um, yeah, so Marshall's re-signed for the club as well and, uh, you know, kicking four goals. Uh, great um, start to the year for Todd. Cameron, what was your love for the round? Yep. Oh, uh, Rick, so the, the other two signatures were Darcy Byrne-Jones and Sam Hayes. Lovely. So, yeah, on top of that. So, look, for me, uh, I think from a team perspective, I noticed a lot of... There, there was a real conscious decision from the players to try and use the corridor which was good, and quite often it came off and it worked well when it did. Uh, yeah, there's still the odd time when we, we took it down and uh, they, they sort of had to go backwards a little bit because there wasn't someone to find, but predominantly it came off. Um, we also tended to hunt in packs. So when a Fremantle player had the ball, you'd find we'd be around them, forcing the errors, um, uh, making them turn the ball over and we were able to clean up. So even at one stage, I think, uh, just after half-time or somewhere early in the third quarter, we'd, we'd scored seven goals off turnovers or something. So 
Um, I thought there were some really good positive signs there from a team perspective. And also great to see that the new blokes, uh, Motlop and, uh, and Jack Watts, play really well. Yeah, good call, mate. I, um, I loved our ball usage. I thought our ball usage delivering inside 50 is exactly... Um, uh, yeah, was exactly what we were looking for this year compared to last year. We maximised our inside 50 uh, um, conversion with 30 scoring shots and obviously 16 goals. So, you know, that's what we were all uh, complaining about. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's a that's a big win. And I guess let's, uh, let's do a special shout-out to Riley Bonner with his um, uh, rising star nomination and uh, most disposals and great run. Uh, from the crowd, I, I sort of mentioned a couple of weeks ago, but here my, everyone met, uh, likens him to Jasper Pittard. Um, but uh, I think he, he he has similar traits to Jasper, but he uh, his composure is a lot better than what Jasper was at that same age. And uh, there's a lot less burning of the ball of Jasper. What do you guys think, Cameron? Yeah, I, I think um, oh, to add to that, anyone who put him in their dream team this week would be uh, would be pretty happy. But um, yeah, look, he he did a great job. He got a lot of te- contested possession too and uh, really was able to find the ball. I mean, watching it on TV was, uh, yeah, it was a bit harder to look at it from a micro level, but, um, oh, geez, he, he was everywhere and it was just great to watch. And to see him get this rising star, well, that's, that's two round one rising stars in a row for us with him and Pal Pepper. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a great win. TK, what, did you, what do you think of Bonner's game? I think he's fantastic. I uh, he, he's played five games, is it? And I reckon he's played exceptionally well in all all five of them. He he looks like a one hundred gamer out there. He, he's so composed. He really makes a, an error in judgment. His kicking on both sides of the body is superb. It's we have a real real find there, and I'm not surprised that he's uh, been rewarded with the. Rising Star nomination, and if he keeps playing like he has been, he's probably in with a chance to w- to win the whole thing at the end of the year. Yeah. And I, as far as the Pittard comparison goes, I think he's well ahead of where Pittard was at at the same stage of his career. And I know Pittard was in the All Australian squad a couple of years ago, but based on the last twelve months, he his form has probably been better than Pittard's in that time. So. Jasper's probably got a little bit of a fight on his hands to to make sure he's a, a lock for the 22, but that can only be a good thing for the team. So um, Porsche on the chat has just quickly asked us, um, how many Rising Star nominees do you reckon we will have this year? Uh, I, I suggested maybe three or four. What do you guys think? Todd Marshall's got to get one at some point, you'd think. So that's a second. Uh, who else have we got? Houston. He's, uh, I don't think he'd be eligible. He probably played too many games last year. Yeah. Would Would Don Barry be eligible? He's not under 21, is he? Uh, no, good I, point. I thought there was three or four. Who else is young? There's so, there's so many young guys, inexperienced guys. I, um, I guess it's a bit off topic, but um, why are you guys are having to think about it? <laughs> I mean, you think about it. You got, you know, you got Cleary with still so, so little games. You got Howard with so, so little games. I mean, does does Howard even qualify? I mean, you think about that defence with Darcy Byrne Jones. You know, I think he's not yet to rack up fifty games, or he, might, he just may have just got ticked over. We got Darcy Byrne Jones. You got Houston. You got Bonner. 
Um, you've got Howard all in that back line. Um, yeah, there's so there's so much youth just alone in that back line, and they're just doing superbly. I guess um, we have to give credit to um, uh, Nathan Bassett how he's just able to get those young guys performing in that defence uh, magnific- magnificently. Yeah, it's, definitely. It's, it's what was that, TK? Uh, I, I think it's the strongest line in the team, and it's funny because a lot of media types seem to want to talk down our backline because it's young and you know it's not full of big names. But pretty much all of those guys that you just mentioned are, are really dependable, solid players who really make mistakes, and it's we can lock most of those guys into for the next 10 years and, and build a team around around that strong defensive unit and I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I need to make sure that you're facing the microphone, TK, because uh, if you're not, it's sort of dropping out. Uh, what what are your thoughts on this, uh, Cameron? Yeah, I, I agree. I look at our back line and think, gee, for... For a defensive line that, that's so young, they're so impressive. Uh, the, look, I mean, I know one of the big concerns going into this game was, yeah, what are we going to do about five for Monday or whatever if they come down to, to defence? Look, I mean, Frio had no chance the other day. And, I mean, they're not as good a side as, say, Sydney or the Giants or someone. But, geez, this, this back line is really prepared to, uh, to take it up to any team in the competition. Yeah, look, I'm a, lo- I'm a lover of the underdog and everything like that. So, um yeah, I you know, I mean, this backline for me, this no-name backline, however the experts or whatever want to call it, it's uh, it's just an amazing performance. I'm so impressed and, and proud of the boys and what they're doing. And uh, yeah, and kudos to Howard breaking his personal best and now the apparently the world record, <laughs> which seems a bit corny on the on the spoils. It was a a great uh, achievement, and I guess. Um, the other thing was um, Paddy Ryder's injury. He's gone down with a, a very innocuous uh, uh, calf injury. Do, do, does anyone know, uh, Cameron, if uh, what the length of the injury is or what what it is? Yes, it's Achilles uh, Achilles tendonitis, and uh, they're, they're looking at say around about four weeks now. I. I Read of, I've, I've had an Achilles before, and it, it, they're very frustrating to treat. But, yeah, they're saying here it could be two weeks, it could be three, but they don't want to take any chances on Paddy. He's too important. So they're saying to sort of expect around about four weeks. Right, and what do you think for us, uh, TK? Can we cover Paddy in that short time frame? There's a bit of a conversation on the chat about Hayes versus Frampton versus Laddams, even if is Laddams even eligible. I guess he could be, if he's on the list, he could be uh, elevated, I guess. But... Will we come? Will we bring in one of those guys, or will we uh, stick with our um, smaller players, which aren't necessarily so small, but just non-ruck uh, permanent players, I guess? Yeah. Look, I'm I'm sort of expecting us to stick to the to the 22 that we used in round one, minus Ryder, and add in Robbie Gray. I expect Justin Westhoff to do the lion's share of the rucking, and with support from Charlie and Dougal, but it, it would be nice to see one of those young guys given a go. But I feel like if the absence is only going to be three or four weeks, I feel like they might just play it safe and and go for the temporary rucks, which seemed to work pretty well after Ryder went down on Saturday. So, yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the uh, selection night goes. I'm sure Porsche and I will be talking about it on Thursday again at. Uh, 
5.30 a.m. Woohoo! I'm excited. Uh, one quick topic before we go on to the game, uh, finally, for those listening, is uh, instead of hate, I've got uh, controversial corner. Um, so uh, if you've got something controversial you want to say about the game or, or any observation you had uh, from the weekend, this is your opportunity. My controversy is uh, my former uh, fanboy love, Jasper Pittard, I think he's on the outer at the moment and he's going to be finding it very, very difficult at this point in time, unless there's another injury, to get back in the side. I know that's going to be very controversial for some of the diehard loyal Port fans that love to pick on name, uh, but I think he's in a bit of strife. Your thoughts, guys? Yeah, Rick, I'd have to agree with you there. Um, I love Jasper, even when he wasn't going so well. I thought, no, there's something in him, there's something about him, but... I think he is going to struggle to get into that side now too. Yeah. What do you What do you think, TK? Yep, I'm I'm with you boys. Uh, he's he's going to face an uphill battle, that's for sure. With you, we've got Bonner, uh, Hartlett, Dan Houston, Darcy Byrne Jones. All of these guys are in terrific form. They're young. They're fit. And I tell you what, I. I think he almost certainly has to come back through the Magpies, doesn't he? Yeah, he had, he'd have to be, and uh, that's why it's called controversial corner, Mick. But I think uh, I think Jasper uh, are in a bit of, is in a bit of trouble in the short term anyway. But I'm sure form will drop, and uh, his opportunity will come. And he's a very professional, loyal player, so he's happy to uh, bide his time. Do you guys have any um, controversial observations from the weekend? Not really. Not really. It was a, a pretty happy day on Saturday, wasn't it? Jeez, TK, th- come on. Where's the controversy? I, I, <laughs> what about I, you, Cameron? I think that there were some issues. Look, not so much in relation to it. I mean, there was some controversy around the umpires. Um, yeah, my apologies, mate. I hadn't thought of anything particularly controversial at this stage. So, That's all um, right. I, uh, I put you on the spot, but I, you've also you also got the fifty meters uh, that were being penalised, not necessarily in our yeah. game, but in the, for those soft run pass um, to, uh, players. I thought that was disgraceful from the limited access I saw of some of the games. Uh, I, the other controversial was Geelong is shit and relies on is going to rely on three players, but they keep winning those. <laughs> Bloody close games, and God, it shits me. And you know, Gary Ablett can't run anymore. He's got bunged shoulders, and he can still rack up forty disposal. What the hell is going on there? Oh, they've got Geelong this Geelong this week. So sorry, take, they've got Geelong. So uh, sorry, Hawthorne. So that should be a big test for them. They've been asking their way out of out of close situations for ten years, and it's just it's <laughs> sickening to be honest. Yeah, and there's there's a good chat on the combo on the chat room about uh, Brody at the moment, and I guess that's another controversial one. Um, you know, is he going to even play this year, and is he going to have any value at the end of this year? I think he's definitely in trouble with our side the way it's going, and uh, I just don't see he's a, it's either him or Hartlett as far as I can see, and his uh, his trade um, value may be down, and we unfortunately we might only get. Uh, if we're lucky, maybe uh, uh, end a second rounder for him the way it's looking. Cameron? Yeah, uh, as you said, uh, let's not try that thing with Hartlett again. Um, but you're right about broadband. He's going to struggle, I think, even more than Pittard to get into the side. So uh, there's... And TK, you mentioned it before, the, the names ahead of him. Uh, now, yeah, his value's certainly going to have dropped. 
Uh, but there might be its side looking for a good long kicking uh, running backman. So uh, we just got to hope for the best. Yeah, he's a, he's a good player still. If he if he can get that uh, that ankle right, but whether he's in our best twenty two or not, I'm I'm not quite sure. Yeah, I'd be disappointed to see him go though because he's a he's a great club man. He's got family history at the club, but yeah, it's it's hard to find a spot for him in the twenty two. Yeah, I think so too. He's uh, I think uh, Bassett's showing he's got an appetite for the defence, having excellent skilled users, but a lot of run and carry. And uh, yeah, all right. So what we're going to do? We'll move on to the game. Um, going to rely on you guys here watching it probably live in real time and being able to keep your fingers on the pulse. But let's uh, we'll go quarter by quarter quickly and break it into segments. So. Um, Basically, uh, Port Adelaide, uh, they were under the pump in the first five minutes, uh, five, ten minutes by Frio. Uh, Frio came out with a lot of pressure and uh, we were just hurriedly kicking the ball out. We didn't have any time and space. Um, how, however, Frio was, weren't able to maximise their opportunities. Uh, and then what happened is that we started to gather our composure, got our game going, improved our um, disposal out of the defensive 50 and then running forward and that allowed us to kick a few late goals um, spread between Jack Watts in the first quarter and Stephen Motloff, I believe, in the first quarter. Uh, so the two new boys got on the board early. And, uh, yeah, what about what do you think of the first quarter? Any observations? Cameron. TK. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I, well, funny thing was, I actually uh, I missed the whole first quarter. I was playing footy, but <laughs> I do know that uh, I'd sort of gone into the bar straight after the game and had a look up on the TV and saw that Jack Watts, they were showing highlights, and Jack Watts had kicked the goal. So I was pretty over the moon with that. But I also believe, um, from what Ross Lyon was saying, they were reasonably happy with what they threw at us in the first quarter and they, the fact that they were able to stick with us. But obviously they weren't able to, to do that by, by the time of the second quarter. Um, TK, what, what did you... Did you see it yourself? Yeah, I, I think that's, uh, that, that sounds about right to me. The first, the first 10 minutes was a real scrap. Freo were just holding the ball in their 50, but it was very crowded. They were finding it hard to take shots on goal. We sort of couldn't clear the ball. We were always sort of hack-kicking, I guess, you know, at the start of the season. Everyone wants to wants to get involved. Um, but after after we sort of settled after that first 10 minutes, I felt like we started to work work our way through their through their defensive mechanisms pretty pretty easily, to be honest, and, and get some really good clear chances out the back. Probably yeah, so, so, by, yeah. by, the end, by the end of that first quarter... Even though we were only sort of two or three goals in front, I think I sort of got the sense that they'd maybe thrown the best they had at us, and 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 it wasn't going to be good enough. Yeah, exactly. You, you could sort of tell we got the momentum late there, um, and uh, and we just carried it on from there. I think even Bokey kicked a goal in the first quarter. I guess what was noticeable when we went into the second quarter was. Um, uh, Rockcliffe probably was having a, a less influence that probably him and the supporters were thinking it was his first game back. He looked a little bit slow in the legs still uh, at, at game speed, but you know he's a class player and I'm sure he'll work his way into it. Uh, you know, it was noticeable, uh, even though Sandilands uh, was getting the hit-outs in the ruck, he wasn't necessarily dominating uh, 
uh, Paddy Ryder was uh, was holding his own and uh, having a good influence uh, to the midfielders. The midfielders were getting on top, um, and but the run and carry from the defence was uh, all was starting to really show. You know, that, and those those young players that we pointed out were using their pinpoint disposal um, and really getting it up to the ground, and and we were getting it into more deeper spots in our forward 50 to last year so we were really attacking that 70 to 80 metre mark um, allowing us then to spot up players which uh, became quite influential and we still had a pretty broad um, spread of players in the uh, in the second quarter and I'm, I'm fairly certain Rockcliffe kicked his first goal so all the new recruits uh, by half time had influenced the game. Uh, how did you guys see the new, new recruits performances on the weekend Cameron? Yeah, it was great. Uh, Jack Watts, he, he's been taken on uh, by the, the Port supporters and the group. I mean, we let's face it, we, we're all, you mentioned the underdog story before, and I, I think when he first came on, there, there was a lot of, you know, he's much maligned, and there's a lot of, oh, what are they taking Watts for? Geez, he's no good. And we, we've seen a bit out of him, and I think with the players around him, the, the good players around him, uh, it's really brought him out of his shell, and it was great. He really looked like he was having fun, and he should have because he was playing well. Um, Motlop really, he started to show that run, uh, you know, the, the run, the bounce, the carry, the you know, kicking goals. He even dribbled that absolute, you know, that, that tremendous goal. I think it was in the third quarter, um, the one that he dribbled through. And then, look, Rockcliffe was a bit... Rockcliffe, obviously, it's, uh, you know, it goes without saying. He was very quiet, but he hasn't played for a long time. And it, it's going to take a little bit of time for him to get back into it. So, look, I was I was really over the moon with how these guys went. Like I said, not so much with Rockcliffe, but you've got to give him time. Yeah. TK? Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree on all of that. I think on uh, Stevie Motlop, I absolutely love his game. He, he sort of was pretty quiet during the JLT series, but... I get the sense JLT game is probably not his go. Uh, he, he everything about him, everything about him reminds me of Daniel. He's just the way he runs, the way he kicks, his celebrations, just his little mannerisms. He's just he's he's a carbon copy of his brother, probably a little bit quicker than his brother, um, a little bit lighter than his brother, but he's just uh, he's just an excitement machine, and he's going to thrill the crowd Adelaide Oval this year for sure. Yeah. So uh, we we went into the halftime break with a just under a three goal uh, lead. Uh, Frio kicked the last three goals and uh, sort of stole back some of the momentum. Ken Hinckley uh, came out in the press and uh, and said that was the coach's fault, not the players. They were following uh, some instructions. Um, I sort of had the uh, uh, luxury of sort of seeing the replay after that comment after the game and. Uh, I couldn't really notice anything. I, I did sort of think, looking at the footage, that maybe uh, um, we were playing a higher press for the last um, up the ground uh, for the last those for those last three goals to be conceded, and Frio seemed to get through. Um, I don't know if you guys picked anything up on the TV, but uh, I'll just throw that one out there. Yeah, I think in in, in today's footy, you know, one or two mistakes can um, can lead to that that sort of result. So it's hard to read into such a small sample, but I've got to, I've got to admit I, with those three quick goals at the back, I did sort of start to get flashbacks to that, uh, that St Kilda game in round one, a couple of years ago where we conceded a gazillion goals from the goal square. 
And, um, yeah, I sort of hoped that history wasn't repeating in that regard, but um, luckily uh, that was about all she wrote for Freo at the end of the second quarter, and they didn't do much after that. Mm. Cameron? Yeah, you're right, TK. Uh, Look, I I was starting to get a little bit worried too, but just in a sense that, as well, I, I thought, okay, this is probably about as good as Fremantle's going to get. We we were making a few errors uh, that that didn't help, and I thought, okay, probably about now is when we need to get into halftime and regroup. Yeah, and just so just for the listeners, um, uh, Porsche's point out, I sound a bit flat and miserable. I'm I'm very happy and delighted. It's just I'm running on two hours sleep. I'm in the states, and it's. Uh, it's about six a.m. in the morning. Start at five thirty, so uh, that's it. And I'm sitting in a in a uh, little meeting area in the in the hotel room, so it's a bit of a, a different environment. But I am definitely happy. We went into uh, the three quarter time uh, quarter, and uh, and we actually uh, we started to perform a little bit better. Um, as uh, someone pointed out, Motlop's pressure acts were fantastic. Thanks, Scott King Collins. Uh, he kicked that amazing goal in the third quarter with a from a uh, was it the third or the last um, from a depth little handball from uh, Todd Marshall, which some debate was uh, a little bit debatable whether it was actually a handball or not. But we were really getting on top. Our run was uh, amazing. Motlop's uh, speed. Um, was uh, huge. He didn't have any uh, shyness in trying to take any player on, and he, he had the uh, the great ability to uh, to win it most of the time when he did that. Um, Justin Westhoff was really performing by that stage for me noticeably well. He was desperate, and that's probably been my biggest criticism of Justin um, through through his career. Is he in and out of games, and he looks lackadaisical, but he was intense the whole game and, and put in a Herculean. Uh, performance, um, Brad Ebert was quite noticeable, and by now we could really tell that our our, uh, our pressure acts were causing lots of turnovers of Frio, which were causing resulting in uh, score attempts for us, and uh, and uh, and we were hitting up targets left, right, and centre inside fifty, and making it look very uh, easy. Uh, was there any observations for you guys in the in the third? TK. Yeah, the third quarter is where we really well we sort of pretty much had control of the game in the first half, but in the third quarter, we really put our foot down and, you know, they didn't have too many opportunities. We defended really well and uh, used the ball really cleanly going forward. I think the only goal they might have scored that quarter was the when Cam McCarthy uh, pulled a, you know, pulled one out of his backside. I don't think he'll kick a goal like that anytime soon again. Um, so... Um, yeah, it was it was a pretty clinical quarter from us. Stephen Motlop scored that goal. That was uh, that was certainly a highlight. I think there was a another goal from Todd Marshall from a set shot. It was just it, it was a pretty clinical quarter, and uh, yeah, just more of the same from us. Yeah, Cameron. Yeah, I think you're right when you say clinical. Uh, we felt like we were in control. It was actually. Was six goals to two in that term, and um, yeah, that was when you could really see the boys had, had switched on. It, it was like they went back out, realizing, "Hang on, the, this pressure stuff that we've got to do." So again, as I said earlier, they were hunting in packs. Uh, you, you could really tell in the third quarter, and forcing a lot of errors and turnovers that that, that we were able to make the most of our opportunities from. I thought at times we probably in the second quarter we had we missed a few opportunities. In the third quarter, we were making up for it. 
So we came into the last and it was a bit of a grind. Um, yeah, there wasn't a much differential in the uh, uh, the scoring, and um, but yeah, we, we sort of ground out the win and made, ended up with a, a massive um, uh, percentage booster and point differential, 110 to 60. Um, yeah, it was yeah it was a it was a great performance all round, and I guess the fatigue, the 31 degrees, uh, which obviously is a, a common for uh, the Adelaide weather, was a bit of an anomaly, and I'm sure it took its toll, and uh, uh, the you know the players were probably uh, you know sort of all gassed, and uh, we we still ran out the game, but we didn't win. I know there was interesting comments uh, on the Port Fan Radio page from one poster. Who was actually highly negative, and I didn't think about it that much because I was sort of in love with our win and our performance. Um, but uh, yeah, they were pointing out that um, they saw a lot of similar similar traits to last year uh, style of game. Um, you know, a bit flashy. Uh, didn't feel like there was as much substance. Um, you know, very and still questioning whether we've changed our game plan at all. Look, I, I think that might be a little bit critical. I could see what the person's saying because I don't think we've actually changed our game plan that much, but I think we've got players more suitable to perform the game plan this year um, than what we did last year. So I guess uh, what were your guys' observations of the last and uh, and those sort of comments there? Yeah, I, I, I tend to think that there doesn't need to be too much of an adjustment with the way that we play all of our KPIs last year, inside 50s, time in forward half, you know, really were spot on. The The problem was always the finishing. It was getting 70 inside 50s a game and, you know, kicking 12 goals, 17 or something. And, you know, that really showed in the final against, against West Coast, of course. So the, the key for me this year, and you're not going to be able to tell in a game against Fremantle, of course, but... The key is going to be when we get into those big games against those big teams and the games on the line in the last quarter, one or two goals in it, are we going to be able to press forward and get the ball in the hands of good ball users and kick goals? That's um, to win games of footy. That's going to be where the test is, and that will tell us whether that will tell the difference on whether we're still a sort of, you know, sixth, seventh place team or whether we can actually push up into that top four and challenge for a premiership. Yep, Cameron. Yeah, I I agree. Look, I, I think it's been said that, that they weren't going to change a lot about the game plan. Uh, the idea was just to improve the personnel and the people that uh, that we had to execute it. Now, when you look at our inside fifties, uh, we had fifty percent uh, efficiency inside fifty. Uh, Essendon had. 60% uh, on about 60 entries. We are actually one of the better ones because of uh, the, the amount of entries we had. So that was a real positive, I thought, from our side. I did think to myself there was a little bit of thought after the game that oh, I'm glad we played free. You, you, it's almost like yeah, we, were ex- we were very good, but yeah, our opposition didn't really give us a lot. There was a lot of things we were able to do very easily, and I'd rather see it against you know Sydney, Adelaide, uh, GWS, and we've got Sydney this week um, to see how much improvement really that there is. Are they going to have? Are they going to do a better job at stopping our runners? Um, are they going to do a better job on our defence? Those kind of questions. Uh, 
Yeah, look, they're good points, and uh, I guess we can only beat the team that we beat. And uh, you know, Frio looked noticeably improved in the pre-season to um, uh, last season, and, and we still beat them significantly well. I had the same sort of thing in the back of my mind about, uh, you know, I'd like to see us up against a quality opposition, which made me think, OK, well, we've got Sydney away, Essendon and Eddie had in round four, and Geelong at home. So there's three testing games for us and I guess you know, we've only beaten Sydney and Sydney like once in what last since 2005 or 6 or something so uh, I guess you know, that's going to be a tough ask and it's a tough ask anyway for nor- normally for any team so I guess if we can walk away beating Essendon at uh, Etihad and, uh, um, and Geelong at home I think we might be the real deal. What's your expectation guys? Are you happy with one out of three, or do you, uh, two out of three, a pass mark for those three games. Yeah, ideally yeah. you'd uh, ideally we'd win all of them. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I, I think the Essendon game, the, the Sydney game, you know, they are very difficult to beat at the SCG. So, you know, unless we're rankly uncompetitive, I'm not going to get too flustered. Uh, by what happens on the weekend. But that Essendon game is going to be the big test. We were embarrassed by them last year, Eddie had, to be honest. And the the way that we approach that game and the way we perform in that game is is going to tell us a lot about how far the team's come in, in 12 months. So that that's the one I've really sort of circled as being uh, the best early indicator of, of how much we've improved. Yeah, um... yeah I, I agree. Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, if we, Cameron, yeah, um, are we on a hiding to nothing with Sydney? Because if we lose, um, if we have a gracious loss, like lose within two goals, is it going to be the question mark same old of last year as well? <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. See, this, this, and that's that's what I was sort of thinking. Like, okay, we can go to Sydney and potentially lose, but. You know, then it's going to be that whole. Oh, geez, maybe they're not that good. Maybe that you know they, maybe they shouldn't have traded out their ruckman or or something along those lines. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be it's going to be an interesting set of five games, that's for sure. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I'd be hoping for two out of three. If we can get two out of three and win the other game, um, look, I'll be happy with that. Um, but yeah, we'll. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's just going to be time will tell. Look, but if we can if we can win at Sydney two years in a row, um, they'll be amazing. But that's not, I, want, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. So anyway, instead of asking us for each to provide our best players, I thought I'd give you something a little bit different. Um, agree or disagree? Um, so I'll uh, I'll give you my top three, and then you guys can shred it to bits or agree with me and tell me what you think. So uh, for my top. Three, and it could be a little bit controversial. Um, I've actually gone in no particular order. Uh, I've gone with Hamish Hartlett. I thought he was fantastic. Did a lot of one percenters in the back and uh, provide a lot of strength and uh, support to the defensive unit. I've gone with Dougal Howard for his um, defensive prowess and what he did in the game. And my third for top three was Darcy Byrne-Jones for his 28 disposals and 10 clearances. I thought he had a huge 
game. Um, thoughts? I reckon you could throw a blanket over maybe nine or ten players in the best on the weekend. It was a, it was a really even performance. I probably had Justin Westhoff as the best. You didn't rate his game, Rick? No, no, I'm not saying I didn't rate his game, but we, yeah, like you said, there was eight or nine, and uh, so yeah. I, think I, I just thought he was tremendous. Yeah, it just, just it just comes down to what what you look at and what you rate. Yeah, to to fill in for Ryder in the ruck, and then the the presence he provided, like you said before, he was he came in with real intent. He was tackling. He was winning his own ball. I thought he was just he was just tremendous. It was a great start to the season for him. Do you want do you want us to uh, do you want me to tell you whether I agree or disagree or, or would like to add some? I mean, I, I certainly there were plenty of players I thought ahead of Hamish Hartlett. Um, nothing wrong with his game. Uh, certainly, you know, not enough to create any doubt. But I certainly wouldn't have him in in my top three. Uh, Burn Jones was excellent. He he was certainly outstanding, and um, oh, look, Dougal Howard, you you couldn't couldn't fault the job that he did. Uh, uh, in fact, I'm really excited to see how he goes this week without Ryder in the side. Yeah, you know, what's his role going to be uh, this week? Um, but he he did a great job. Guys, you you had license to tear me apart there if you really wanted to. I mean, um, I was trying to. <laughs> uh, Hamish Hartlett I put in my top three because I always questioned his work ethic and uh, he was in the top five for kilometres run on the weekend. He ran over 14 kilometres, which showed he really put in the work ethic. And Barry's another one that's a noticeable uh, absentee. I think if I was going to put Barry in, I would have been putting in Bonner and um, and those sort of guys, though, above him and, and, and waste off. But... Um, yeah, it was interesting. Um, Scott Ken Collins just pointed out um, Jared Polick, and one of the observations oh, you... uh, after I saw beat me uh, to it. Yeah, I was going to say, but one of the observations from Macca was he would have liked to have seen Polick um, with more run and carry in that game instead of stopping and propping. And uh, and I did notice that after I saw the comment um, because I saw the second half on replay. But I think it was just the positions that he was running to. It sort of sort of trapped him a little bit, but he still used the ball and still provided a lot of link-up play as well. Is that what you saw? He, yeah, he he's actually he's got a bit of. I think they said I think it was an adductor problem or something like that. But yeah. um, you, you're right. We didn't see as much of the run and and carry from him. But what uh, what what we also need to remember, he uh, kept. Fremantle's best and fairest player uh, or kept him to, to some pretty ineffective um, footy. He played on Brad Hill and um, did a pretty good job on him. Uh, Polly got about, what did he get? I think about 29 disposals, something like that. Yeah, I'll look it up for you and I'll tell you in a sec. Yep. Uh, 29 okay. disposals, four marks, two yeah. tackles. Yep, and Brad Hill got 15 disposals. And so... Uh, you know, if anyone sort of says, oh, he was a bit quiet or he didn't do much, or he, he did a job, and oh, I'm pretty impressed with that. But, yeah, of course, with Polly, you want to see that, you want to see more of that run and a bit more of that excitement, but not good on him. Yep, I tend to agree, Cameron. I think he, he seemed to be playing a different role more, uh, more around the stoppages, uh, you know, staying close to uh, Brad Hill, 
And to be honest, I think with Stephen Motlop and Don Barry and the team now, you know, we don't rely on uh, Pollock so much for the run and carry. That doesn't mean he can't he can't do it. But I, I don't think we are going to rely on him for that as much as we have in the past. So, uh, so yeah, I was happy to see him him playing a different role for the team, and he played it very well. Yeah, but yeah, look, he he there was no slouches. No, no one really. Um... You know, was a poor performer. You know, there's arguments for Rockcliffe and his performance, and he'll get better. Some people are, um, are isolating uh, Sam Gray, but I guess the thing with Sam Gray is that he played the small forward role permanently this week. Um, he still applied pressure. There's very, you know, I can't believe I'm defending Sam Gray. There's very limited opportunities <laughs> in that position. You can't, not everyone can get the ball, and Sam Gray is a role player. Um, I guess technically uh, someone has to make way for Robbie Gray uh, and you would think that it would be most likely, unfortunately for Sam, Sam Gray because I can't see anyone else um, missing out unless they keep the tools that they've got and don't add any tools for Pollock and, uh, sorry, for Ryder and, uh, and they just go Gray for Ryder. What do you guys think will happen there? Yeah, I actually think that's what's going to happen. I think that Robbie will come in um, and uh, Paddy out. Uh, but, uh, yes, Sam, he, he didn't have his best game on the weekend. But I, I just get the impression that Ken is a big fan of his. So he'll, he'll definitely be given every opportunity to nail down that, that sort of small pressure forward spot uh, again this year. Yeah, Sam... Uh... One of the things we'll forget about, we forget about, so he did have four tackles, which was, uh, there was only about four players or three players who had more than him. So he still worked defensively uh, as well, you know, in that sense when he didn't have the ball. But I agree, uh, we're playing Sydney this week. They've got Callum Sinclair as their ruckman, who isn't elite. Uh, I, I think they could probably get away with just bringing Robbie Gray into the side and not necessarily having to put another toll in. Yeah, I guess it's a question mark over um, over whether uh, we want to keep the same structure or is the SCG too small and we don't need that extra toll anyway? Um, that's mm. going to be the million-dollar question. Um, I don't know. but And I guess that's another argument for keeping Howard with Sinclair out of the ruck because... Uh, I guess with that that taller option in, in Howard, um, you know we might need him down there to negate um, Callum Sinclair and uh, Sam Reed with our other key defenders being a bit shorter. But uh, time will tell. I just want to move on to some questions from the cybersphere. Um, people were questioning my big footy title, T- TK. You might have to go and use your super mod powers and and change that one. I don't know what's wrong with. Uh, uh, woot woot, a win in the house. But uh, anyway, I was trying my American rap sort of theme, but Macca said it was a, an abomination. And um, anyway, um, let's have a look. What was that? Not too, not too much Smithgate, hopefully. Uh, it's been done to death and, and AFL, more AFL. Okay, we only touched on the Smithgate, so I think we're good there. Uh, Macca also asked, is Peter to look for the, a lot for the first 22? Um, we've sort of answered that one. Oh, this is a good one. Uh, Mac asked uh, TK, who's our most talented junior and why is it Todd Marshall? 
Yeah, that's a, a pretty loaded question there, Macca. Um, I'm happy to land on Todd Marshall too, but uh, Sammy Powerpepper's probably got a little bit to say about that. Cameron? Uh, Todd Marshall, oh, well, he, um, he's tall. He's certainly got a future. The, the, the thing that he reminds he sort of reminds me a little bit of, um, a little bit of Westoff in the, the really early days. Uh, when he started to establish himself, yeah, I think there's there's certainly a lot to um, there's a big future for him. There's a, there's a lot to be said with with the talent that he seems to have at the moment. If once he once he grows some shoulders, uh, he's going to be unstoppable. Yeah, he, uh, I think he, the next thing for him to work on is his uh, marking a little bit more. Uh, last year, his from the limited games he played, uh, you know, his one one touch marking looked a little bit more noticeable this year. First game as only a reference, very limited. Um, you know, there wasn't as much there, um, so hopefully uh, he can get that going. Um, but look, yeah, I guess we fall fall in love with the lore of the the big forward, don't we, to be the the main man? Um, you know, but there's comparisons there to Bowen Lockwood in in Marshall. There's also comparisons <laughs> now to Jack Rewold on the chat room. Um, uh, I don't know. I think uh, to me at the moment he reminds me of Todd Marshall. Let's uh, let's see where he goes, and I'll be interested <laughs> to see how he goes at the smaller SCG against the let's bigger body forget. and more mature opponents. Let's not forget, Rick, that he has uh, he's yet to kick six goals in a game. So uh, yeah. unlike our friend Johnny Butcher, <laughs> yes. so uh, let's just uh, hold our praise for now. Yes, <laughs> you, you lost me at Bowen Lockwood. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still having memories, flashbacks. <laughs> uh, yes, that's exactly right. So, uh, uh, what's your takeaways um, from the weekend? Otherwise, we will wrap it up shortly. Unless there's any questions from the uh, chat room. So, any other takeaways from this weekend's round? What, what about the rate the coaches? How would you rate the coaches this week? Did, did they all stand up? What about the underheat, Michael Voss? I know you've you've got issues with Michael Voss, Rick. Um, I thought, look, something I thought that was fairly telling with our midfield was that we got, uh, and I, I did think of this specifically because I knew I was going to be chatting with you tonight. Um, they absolutely caned us in the hitouts, but we won the clearances. Uh, obviously, the tackles, which is often a, a midfield type of a thing. Um, I thought our, our midfield was outstanding. And then, you know, you look at how Ebert got uh, 28 disposals himself and kept Fife quiet. Uh, you talked about Pollock as well. So I thought our midfield really stood up this week. And if we can see more more of a work rate from them like that this year, that we, I mean, we can be as good as the, the one that they, they talk about at Geelong. Mm. TK? Yeah, I, I tend to agree. The midfield was, was really good. Um, Michael Voss is coming under a lot of criticism over the last uh, few years. And rightfully some so. Of them, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, in 2016, he was without uh, a Ruckman the whole season, which I thought was a little bit uh, rough. I think the list management left him out to dry a little bit there. So well, that we're was screwed sort of for rough. the next four or five weeks then, aren't we? If we're going to use that yeah, as an well, excuse, 
Well, well, it's gonna it's gonna be a challenge, and um, uh, Vossi Vossi and the midfield group are gonna have to deal with that. But yeah, it was a good start from the midfield. That's for sure. It, do we have a specialist tackling coach uh, at the club? Because if we do, um, he deserves a pay rise because our tackling on the weekend was um, was first class. I thought it was really noticeable how we stuck our tackles and we were we were able to put. Um, not just sort of that perceived pressure on, but real pressure in the in the form of physical, um, you know, assault on the contest um, that really made it hard for Freo to move the ball forward in those situations. Hmm. Cameron, come on, Rick. What what did you think? Yeah, <laughs> I, I I just gave you mine. What what did you think of the midfield, Rick? Mate, I'm I'm running on oily fumes here. I'm I'm struggling, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the, no, that's the, sleep, fine. the lack of sleep's catching me. But uh, look, I uh, I thought the midfield was okay. Uh, look, it's it was hard for me. I'm sitting on a Microsoft surface watching a game, so um, yep. uh, it's hard to sort of see the structures, I guess. But look, you can only go on the stats. And uh, but I think, I, yeah, I think I thought our midfield was okay. I, I think it can definitely be better. And yeah, that could be controversial. I'm not trying to do it on purpose. Um, I think our midfield looked good in general play, uh, especially from the rebound from defence. So I think the defence made the, the midfield potentially look fantastic. Um, so uh, Porsche's asked me to ask you guys uh, the question that she asked. So I'm asking what question. Um, but look, I think overall the, all the units played well. Someone wanted to make reference to Nick's and the forward line functioning well. I mean, that was... that. Look, probably Nick's would have to be my assistant coach of the round. Um, yeah, we spot up our players. We had great inside 50 delivery. Uh, so that was probably where the most noticeable improvement was. Um, yes, uh, we, our midfield won to losing rucks. And, uh, um, yeah. So oh, are they ready to say we will win the premiership this year? <laughs> Boys, Cameron. Jeez. Oh, um, Actually, I listened to... Porsche the other night and uh, yeah just just as excited about the side too Porsche but are we ready uh, I'll say not this year <laughs> TK <laughs> we, we don't invite Cameron back on the show because clearly <laughs> Sorry, he's not passionate no. too logical no, we, we, I mean we're undefeated I, you know we don't want to hear that sort of negativity at this stage in the season there should be plenty of time for that um, look if I'm, you know, why not? I don't. I think that I don't think that there's any teams um, in the comp that are clearly uh, better than us. I think that we've shown an ability to um, at least challenge um, most teams in the last twelve months. So I don't see any reason why not. If if we can get to round five, um, we've got Sydney, Brisbane, Essendon, and Geelong. If we can get to round five and be four and one, um, I'll be right on the bandwagon. Uh, for, uh, for top two, top four, and a flag, hopefully. Oh, in in my defence, that's that's where I'm at too. Um, I do want to see these next couple of weeks. Fremantle is not an indication, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, look, it's going to be interesting how it plays out. We sort of spoke about it before, but yeah, I mean, we're going to be two and three, I would imagine, and and so the questions mm-hmm. are going to come very, very early. You know, are we the same team as last year? Flat track bullies, blah blah blah. It's going to, the press is going to be very, very um, uh, predictable. Um, Porsche is saying we're due for a 2000 season. 
I, uh, I'm with Porsche. Look, I'm willing to call it. I reckon we are a definite premiership threat, and I'm willing to call it because if we're going to continue on with our work rate and our pressure, um, we've got the depth in the midfield now to that second to none. I, I don't think any anyone's depth midfield is any better. Maybe Geelong's um, starting midfield of uh, Ablett, um, Dangerfield and Selwood is stronger, but I do believe that, um, you know, I don't think anyone can beat us for depth. And we, the amount of players that we can run through there, our body size in the midfield is now taller and bigger uh, as well compared to, say, four years ago where we were just like a mosquito fleet even against GWS with their young kids. Um, yeah, we've got the tall forward line. We've got the defensive structure. Um, look, I think we've got the goods, and it now really it just comes down to our composure under pressure, which we were abysmal at last year. So let's see how we perform under a few close games, and then we, I think that will be the time to tell. But Rick's call is we are we are ready, and we're ready to take it all on and watch us take down Sydney, even with Buddy kicking 10 goals this weekend. No, good, good on you, Rick. I, I hope, mate, I... Totally, wholeheartedly hope you're correct on this. Don't get me wrong. You guys are pussies. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I said no to start with. I, I, I didn't think we'd win it this year. <laughs> a little bit of controversy. <laughs> no, nah, that's all right, mate. Just good stuff. Uh... TK, is there, have you, Cameron, while I've got you, quickly, have you got any yeah, last I... final words that you would like to say? Um. Oh no! Look, no, it's it's uh, been great. Well, look, it was great to start the season with a win, and um, really looking forward to seeing a lot more and a lot more of that play that that we saw on Saturday. Thank you, TK. Yep, yep. Um, pretty much the same. Uh, it was a good win, sort of uh, par for the course in a way. But uh, you certainly can't complain about a fifty-point win. It's uh, going to be a long season uh, ahead, but. Um, it's a good start, and hopefully we can continue it against the Swannies. Uh, Paddy Ryder, obviously, is the major concern to come out of the weekend. Um, you know, if you could pick one player on the whole team that we could look forward to lose, that was him. So um, that was less than ideal. But, um, you know, uh, we've got plenty of depth in the team, and there's, uh, you know, there's, I, I think there's a good feeling around the club at the moment. Um, it's, just, it's just a feeling, and... Everyone seems to be on the same page and there seems to be a lot of confidence and enthusiasm and I reckon that um, if we can get, like I said before, if we can get a few wins on the board early and get the ball rolling, I think we're going to be hard to stop. Great. Well, guys, thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you for everyone in the chat room. Thank you for the people that will be downloading and listening to it as a podcast. Hopefully um, I wasn't sounding too miserable um, today. Uh, it is Monday morning over here, so uh, thanks for coming on. We'll get you on again. Maybe we'll get you the duo back on for the for when we play West Coast, the the Perth contingent. I'm sure you guys will be looking forward uh, to us thrashing them on in 2018. Um, so that's it for now. That's our first review game of the season, and exciting. We did it with a win. Um, so everyone have a great Monday night, and uh, look forward to talking to Porsche for the first time on Thursday evening. Okay, thank you very much, and we'll uh, see you very shortly. Gets the ball across towards a teammate. Rick's hand pass, though, slapped, and now needs away. Everything falling into place. Need the beneficiary running down towards the 50. Lines up, vacant goal square. How about this? 
This is breathtaking.